everyone, and welcome to Capes, Cows, and Masks, the show where we uncover the world of soups and science fiction. I'm your host, Jake Hart. I'm a podcaster, a sound designer, and a writer for the Fresh Take Hub. And as always, I'm joined by my fellow co-hosts. Hi, everyone. I'm Tom Gapper, a podcaster, aspiring writer, and your resident comic book shogun. And I only put those three things there because it flows better when you put three things. You know? It's just got a nice... It rolls off the tongue quite nicely. Jake did three things. I agree. I agree. And I like I like the aspiring writer. Nice touch there. Yeah, because like I'm not actually a writer yet, but I, I'm, I'm hoping to get there. So, <laughs> All in due time, my friend. I'll write a thing one day. And also with us? Uh, David Oscar. I'm a multimedia journalist, a podcaster, and editor over on Fresh Take Hub. And uh, yeah, as a writer, I can appreciate the list of three things. Because sometimes, again, especially going through things like press releases, some people are just like, this includes da-da-da, 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 da-da-da. I'm like, whoa, that's, like, did you not? Like, look at the rules, man. Three, like can't have this much when it's like two and you're like just add another <laughs> yeah see that that was my issue i had two things and then i was like ah but that doesn't sound right so and here we are thrilling conversation here we are indeed what a great way to start the show yeah it's why we're better than the sith it's the rule of three not the rule of two yeah, yeah always breaking those rules you know what else is three it's three news stories that we got to talk about today but before we get into that and the main topic which for not a first time, but a rare occasion on Capes, Cows and Mass. We're going to be talking Star Wars, getting into the trailer of the Book of Boba Fett. But before we get any of that, Dave, please speak freely. How are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm doing good. Uh, I was saying to Tom before we recorded, I just wish there was more time in the week or there was like an eighth day or something just because time is escaping me at the moment it's just hard to get everything done so uh, as it gets to december things do get a lot more busy uh, especially for myself several birthdays uh, come up including my own um i'll be turning very old this year i'm uh, now enjoying the last uh last few weeks of uh, my 20s you know sad face uh but yeah apart from that you know it, it's have thankfully been able to squeeze in some you know films and television shows recently so uh, as jake will know i went to see dune again in imax uh, after seeing a preview screening i uh, really enjoyed that hopefully can kick start a lot of films i need to catch up on in the cinema and also i have now finished what if from marvel uh, which you know is is nicely timed i suppose before eternals which i have got booked for friday so Looking forward to that. But uh, yeah, what if, obviously, gutted uh, I couldn't join you guys for that review episode. But because uh, I definitely would have had some thoughts and I know I've uh, communicated some of them to Jake in the past. And uh, yeah, I just kind of feel the same maybe as I did at the beginning of the series as I did at the end. And that's kind of why it took me so long to get through. And it's just that I was like, meh, I I. I really wasn't impressed by the series, I've got to be honest. It impressed me in some elements, you know, I, I will give it that. I thought there was some great animation, some fun story beats, but I just felt it was just kind of a, just fan service a lot of the time and just nothing really engaging. I felt that there was so many 
things I've seen before, there wasn't anything really to captivate me because the, even the, the premise of what if is just, well, none of this is real, none of it matters. So I was just like, there's nothing really for me to get invested in. There was no new characters. And especially when you don't have the existing characters appear as original characters because they're either voiced by the same person from the live action films. And Jake will know again from my uh, thoughts on Invincible, there's sometimes the issues I get with live action actors sometimes crossing over into animation, uh, which I don't think always works. Um, but the fact that then when they did have people who weren't the actors, they were just doing like an impression of that person. So obviously, you know, love Jeffrey Wright and everything like that. But yeah, uh, the finale was fun. Um, but again, it was just fun. I just didn't really think that there was anything substantial there from that series. So maybe interested in a, a future series. But for me, it's not like the MCU shows. It's not that I need to sit down and focus entirely on what's happening I feel you can easily put it on in the background, which is a bit unfortunate, but yeah, that's what I thought of What If. Yeah. Well, as Tom mentioned on Twitter, when you're a studio that's got 20 plus projects now, you're bound to have a fumble at some point. Um, and, you know, I don't want to get too much into it. You can hear our thoughts on the on the spoiler review that me and Tom did with uh, Rob Ayling. Um, but yeah, I think we echo a lot of your thoughts, Dave. I, I love, I loved a lot of it. Well, I loved like half of it, and the other half not so much. So it's very uh, in the middle for me. Yeah, I'd also just add the like, and again, I don't think it's so much like a fumble. I don't think it's like oh, like you said, I think that is a, it's a good element to mention. But I think that that is what trips them up is that once a company does so well at so many things, that then when something is just mediocre, okay it then does seem like a fumble, whereas actually if it was another company, you'd be like, oh, this is quite enjoyable. But it's just because they've already set the bar quite high. So, and again, it's, it's more just that like, oh, they just can't do amazing animation animated stories um, as they can with certain live action and uh, movie projects, etc. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Tom, how about yourself, man? I know you also finally went to go see Dune. <laughs> I did, and as I said on Twitter, I get it now. I get. I mean, I was hyped before I understood the hype, um, but then I watched the film, and I, oh my god, I have so many thoughts on that film, and I absolutely loved it. And I need to see it again and again and again, and I need part two right now. And I'm going to start reading the books. Jake has done this to me. I blame Jake for this. Um, but yeah. Absolutely amazing film. If you haven't been able to see it yet for whatever reason, please, please go do so whilst it's in the cinema because that is what it was made for. Um, I've also been enjoying the uh, new Guardians of the Galaxy game, which uh, I know when we talked about the announcement on the show, I was a little bit pessimistic about that, especially after the debacle that was the Avengers game. Holy fuck. Fuck if my expectations been blown. It is an incredible game. And like it is, I remember one person saying that it scratched that Mass Effect itch, which is something I've been having, like waiting for like the new games to be announced properly. Um and it is, it's just th this game is now the king of having like party banter in in the game. It, it's absolutely incredible. The characters are amazing. There's loads of little nods, which me as a comic book fan is just so happy to see. Um yeah, I urge you to pick it up if if you know you're into that sort of thing. I know you guys aren't. 
it saddens me but yeah so that that's been my week um just video games and june well i'm glad that's a that's a success for you tom because i've i have seen a lot of other reviews um a lot of other outlets praising the game so that it's good to see especially after you said the the lukewarm reception you could say um regarding the avengers game um that would be putting it very politely yes <laughs> yeah <laughs> Uh, like you as well, I went to go see Dune for a fourth time in the cinemas. Third time being in IMAX. That was um, the viewing I had with Dave. My God, what a... Pe- it, cinema. cinema. I just think it of Martin Scorsese right now. Cinema with his hands like that. Um, and I'm also reading, um, as I showed Tom earlier, this. This uh, Dreamer of Dune, which is the biography of Frank Herbert, who wrote the original books. And it's interesting because... When you when you love a writer's work or anything or a filmmaker or whoever, um, we sometimes put them on pedestals. Do you know what I mean? And sometimes, or not worship them, but you know what I mean. So, oh, you know, sort of holier than thou sort of thing. But then when you actually go into their day to day life and realize what they were like with people who knew them, and they're like, oh wow, they're just people, and they've got their own problems as well. So in a way, it's kind of, you know, like a a symbiotic circle, you could say, because that's effectively what Frank Herbert was writing about, is don't blindly follow your leaders. So, yeah, it's, it's a really interesting book. And if anyone has read the books and wants to learn more about the author, then I highly recommend. So that, that's pretty much what it's been very Dune-filled this last couple of weeks for me. And it's a lot of spice going around. I'm addicted. He's got the Funko Pop and everything. I know, I got them both now. The, oh, God. It, this, is o- <laughs> this is only the beginning, I can tell you. <laughs> Oh, I get it now. <laughs> you get it. Right, so um, let's get into the news then, because we've got a, quite a few things to cover. Tear up page one, run that photo instead. Headline? Spider-Man, hero or menace? Exclusive Daily Bugle photo. First up, uh, we have the new Morbius trailer, uh, which reminds us of the other anti-hero in Sony's Marvel Universe. So, yeah, do we all remember Morbius? <laughs> because it's been quite a while since that film was meant to come out and when we've had trailers etc uh the first trailer for the vampire anti-hero movie came out quite a long time ago and now we finally get more footage showing us what to expect from the new chapter in sony's spider-man universe the film stars jared leto as the titular dr Michael Morbius, a Nobel Prize winning scientist born with a blood condition who spends his life obsessed with curing his ailment, but ends up turning himself into a so-called living vampire while trying to find a cure. The film also stars Matt Smith, Adria Arjona, Jared Harris, Al Madrigal, Tyrese Gibson and Michael Keaton who will be reprising his role as the villain Vulture. So, yeah, the trailer literally came out today and was more of a kind of story trailer, I guess. This was, like, titled the official trailer. Um, Not quite sure what all the other trailers that we had had up until now were. But, uh, yeah, this was one of those in which it it kept getting delayed, but nobody really cared. Like with, with other films that were getting delayed before, we had seen sort of a teaser. Then another trailer is meant to come out you know, before Venom, but then weirdly got delayed till after it, even though it was originally supposed to come out before it. And uh, yeah, now we're kind of getting this more story-focused trailer in which I guess we're kind of seeing more of the money shots, more of like the full visuals 
as they've obviously had a lot of time to work on this film. So, uh, Tom, I can't remember when we did last speak about Morbius, but uh, remind us of your thoughts of the project up until now and, and what you think after this trailer. Uh, I mean, thoughts on the project? It's really difficult to summon up thoughts on a project that you care so little about, uh, but I'll try my best. Um, so, yeah, when we initially were talking about Morbius, I think I was basically saying that I wasn't all that hyped for it. I don't think the trailer really popped for me. There was some cool elements in there, but it just wasn't grabbing me. And then, as you said, we just had no new trailers until now, barely a mention of the film, really, until now. Um and I have to say, seeing the second trailer, I am kind of, I'm still very much on the fence. What I will say is when I went to see, I think it was when I went to see Venom, and they played the tr- the first trailer for Morbius there. And I will say, seeing that trailer on the big screen, I was actually feeling kind of hyped for the film. And I was like, okay. And then after seeing Venom, and if you've seen Venom, you, you kind of know what happened there. I am interested in the possibilities now of like where the Spider-Verse is going. Um... But yeah, it's just, it's it's hard really to get excited about this film. I'm not a huge fan of Jared Leto, if I'm honest with you, as a person, as an actor, as a musician, I'm just not really that much of a fan. I don't think he's like a bad actor or a bad musician, just, I he just doesn't gel well with me. Um, but what I will say, seeing that Jared Harris is in this film, I will go and see it just for him, because I love Jared Harris. I absolutely adore him. If you haven't been watching Foundation, watch Foundation because it's really, really good. Um, And yeah, I'm excited to see Michael Keaton, I guess, as the Vulture because, as I said, I just want to see... I mean, I guess we'll have our answers after No Way Home, but I do want to see where the Spider-Verse is going and I do think this film is going to be important for setting a lot of that up. Um, But yeah, just overall, it's a film that I will go and see, but I'm not really... I don't really have high hopes for it. And, yeah, that's all I can really say about it, to be honest. No, completely fair. Jake, what do you think? Um, Well, for starters, you know, when you were saying this is more of a story trailer, I was like, oh, yes, it is, because they've given us the whole fucking story <laughs> in this trailer. <laughs> like, first of all, I saw, like, when I first clicked on the, on the YouTube thing, I was like, Wait, three minutes and 15 seconds, what is this? And then, like, as I was watching this, I'm like, this is effectively the whole film because they've set up his condition, um, how he gets his powers, um, starts explaining his powers, um, introduced the story that he's meant to be a hero or a villain. You're not quite too sure about that. And you see this sort of trajectory of him killing people and people are after him. And then there's going to he's going to turn into the living vampire right at the end of the film. I've plotted out the whole movie from this trailer. I feel as if I don't even need to see this film now. I just think this is a really bad move from the marketing. It's basically, for me anyway, giving the whole film away. I don't really like the, uh, apart from spoilers right now, if you haven't seen Venom, let there be carnage, skip like 30 seconds in the podcast. But at the end of uh, Venom, let there be carnage, when we see that he's in the Spider-Verse with Tom Holland now, that's the only thing in this film that's going to surprise me now if they do that because I feel as if I've seen the whole film. And I watched the first trailer um, just to sort of compare, and I was like, no, I think I prefer the first trailer 
the mood was better, the tone was better, the use of music was better. I was like, this seems like a better constructed trailer. This one just seemed too much like, oh, look at us, look at what we can do, like look at Jared Leto and like sort of thing. Like, and yeah, like Tom, I'm just, I'm I'm half half with Jared Leto. Like, I'm not too huge fan of his music, his acting. Some films I really like. I think he's fantastic in others, not so much. Like, he makes some strange decisions sometimes. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know what to expect of this film, really. I'm going to go see it, obviously, but I just don't know where I f- land with this film. I will say this, though. I'm more excited for it than any of the Venom films. Like, at least in terms of tone and what they're trying to do it's a bit more my jam than what the venom films are um but still not overly optimistic for this film yeah i don't know it's like I said i just still you know just entirely i don't want to say displeased by the entire sony spider-verse because i've always been displeased with it ever since you know the amazing spider-man and this just always seems so desperate like i just i hated the you know like i'm sorry people but you know i I really hated the andrew garfield films and you know i'll i'll get a smile for seeing him in far from home but there's not going to be any kind of like emotional connection for me um i don't even think he's personally a good peter parker which i know a lot of people think that he was um i'll just be like yeah there's another spider-man here that's fun um so but, you know, even there, they kind of, you know, the end of, you know, Notorious Amazing Spider-Man 2, you know, we got that character walking through and you can see Doc Ock's arms and you could see, you know, the glider and references to all these other villains. And it just seems that they've always just kind of been like, yeah, and it's, you know, quickly throw everything in the kitchen sink in there. So when we're talking about these references and stuff like that, it just gives me like bad flashbacks to that. And I guess it doesn't help the... This this film and Venom kind of share a lot of the the same look as the Amazing Spider-Man films in a lot of ways. So even though a lot of people can say that the MCU can often be ugly and it, it can be, but at least they have a different look and aesthetic. And these films kind of just remind me of that period we had in like the early two thousands, where again off the success of X-Men and Spider-Man, we would get in, you know, Incredible Hulk and Catwoman and Daredevil. And we were getting these like subpar adaptations of characters um, and famous storylines, etc. And they just all looked the same. They all followed the same sort of narrative. They were all very like loosely based on the characters. And I think that this just seems very much in that vein. And I think kind of like with things like the Jumanji films or Fast and the Furious. I think there is an audience out there for that. We've seen it with Venom, though Let It Be Carnage hasn't really stuck around after the initial hype, even though we were all like, oh no, you know, why is this doing better than Shang-Chi? But it's not exactly they're doing like record numbers worldwide. It's just stayed the same as every other pandemic movie. Uh, Morbius definitely isn't going to be that film that... uh, breaks the like 500 million uh, sort of mark or anything like that but i definitely think that that kind of audience that you know rush to go see venom 2 would you know maybe eat this up as well whether they'll go rush to see it i don't know but 
it seems that they could like the Fast and Furious films, keep releasing these type of films, and there's an audience and an appetite from certain types of people who would just eat all of that up. You know, we were talking the other day, Jake, uh, on the filmmakers special. Uh, I guess you know, so Sophie was talking about her boyfriend. Was it that was like, oh, I'm really excited to see this film. So there's, you know, there are people who who enjoy these films and. Fair enough for them. Again, I, I don't watch this trailer and go like there's anything inherently bad about it. I just don't see anything unique or interesting. It's still the same as like the teaser for me. It looks very much like just Doctor Strange, darker. You know, it's it's very much structured in that way. Just the whole like, oh, I'm ill. I need to find this like cure. I'm, you know, it it's and it's crazy that that is just appearing a few years after Doctor Strange come out. And even if it was like DC or something, you could understand. But the fact that this is like Marvel still, even though it is an MCU, you would still think that they're like, Marvel oh, adjunct. Yeah, we're <laughs> still associated with them. So we shouldn't just rip off <laughs> one of their films. Uh, but it's fine. Like Doctor Strange is appearing in one of our films. So, yeah, I just... it And again, it's, it's kind of like Venom. It just has so much of like a 90s early 2000s vibe of like who are you what have you become and it just like you were saying jake it just you can tell the storyline straight away there's so many elements that seem similar to venom as well and you've got like these police characters and people chasing after him and evil villains in labs and all of this kind of stuff it just none of it seems original but unlike venom i wasn't there like this looks horrendous or i don't like it it looks stupid um, or I'm not on board with any of the casting. I don't have any major problems with Jared Leto. I think he's been very badly utilized since his Oscar win. Um, like Tom, I can understand. I think he's a bit of a, like a Tom Cruise for me, in which I can appreciate his work um, and his acting ability, but I kind of just assume that he seems like a bit of a douchebag in real life. Uh, so... I th- and, you know, you hear those stories about, like, when he was on set as Joker and, like, those kind of stuff is a bit weird. And obviously, you know, his, his personal life seems a bit uh, shady as well. But I did think he did a, a fantastic job in Dallas Buyers Club. And ever since then, there's been so many projects that you were like, oh, you know, will this be uh, the great follow-up project to that? And, you know, he had, you know, Blade Runner 2049, but he didn't really have much of a chance to sort of shine during that there's always been those rumors of like Tron 3 which potentially he could suit but again it just seems like oh he just tends to take the like failed franchises uh, you know like taking the scraps off the floor and it makes me sad for somebody like Aaron Taylor Johnson in which they you know they got him as Craven and I'm like no don't go there Aaron like please you're better than this you've been in the MCU uh you know it's like they are just taking like the the leftovers of of marvel and, and dc etc and uh yeah I, I wouldn't go down that path if i was any of those actors and yeah i just don't like this approach of doing like villain origin solo stories i will say though on the in the vein of like blade and stuff unlike venom as well i can understand doing a film about morbius more than i can venom like watching this trailer i was a bit more like okay i can understand a bit more than when it was announced or when we saw the teaser of why he deserves his own film because Again, he was always a weird character to has have as a Spider-Man villain. So I can understand in the sense of like how Blade can be very separate to the overall Marvel universe and be its own thing. I 
you know, I can see Morbius working somewhat in that way. But then uh, they were so, like, on the nose of being like, who are you? He's like, I'm Venom. And I was just like, oh, man, like, that just ruined it for me. And again, like, he didn't perform that even well. I think Jared Leto was even cringing on set when he probably had to do that. So, yeah, you know, my opinions is that I, I still am getting major Amazing Spider-Man vibes from the overall Spider-Verse. I still don't think that they should meld MCU. And I still don't think that I would be surprised if Kevin Feige is willing for them to fully like integrate. I would think that he would want to put up that barrier. And I don't think that they should integrate them. Um, and yeah, I just... I think you might be disappointed there, Dave. Well, <laughs> there's, you know, uh, again, we're dealing with multiverses. Yeah. There's still the chance that we're, you know, we're dealing with, you know, some alternate reality or something. Regardless, though, there's still... Even if it's multiverses, they're still somewhat going to be playing with each other. Mm. Mm -hmm. Either way, I think it taints the MCU if they play too much with that toy box um, on both ends. So... I think they should tread carefully when they're dealing with all of this stuff, especially when it is like, oh, Oscorp, you see the Oscorp building. So does that mean that a Sony Marvel film could set up Norman Osborn, which then means that a Marvel film can't introduce that character or can't use their own version of Norman Osborn? It, it you know, it leads to a lot of problems, especially if those, you know, the Sony films are not well received or things don't work out or people aren't a big fan of them, you know, blah, 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 blah. So... It's messy, but as far as this film is concerned, as far as that trailer was concerned, yeah, I agree with you, Jake. It seemed like we saw a lot of the story. I was more on board for it. I can imagine it'll be like an okay time, but like Venom, etc. I just don't think it'll be anything original. I think you'll just come out of it and be like, yeah, that was a comic book film, <laughs> but it just doesn't seem like anything really wholly original, um, very generic, and... It's almost as if at this rate they are just, they can just snap their fingers and make one of these f films now, which I think is unfortunate for comic book movies, that they can just rustle one up like this. They can just go, yep, here we go. Um, so, yeah, kind of worrying for the future of comic book movies in that way and whether Sony will continue to just be the oddball that's just there doing the sort of subpar universe building <laughs> compared to everyone else. Tom, anything else to say about Morbius? No. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, well, let's get into our next story then, and that is Brendan Fraser is playing the villain in the Batgirl movie because, of course, he should be. Uh, so Brendan Fraser is set to join the cast of the live-action Batgirl movie as the villain and according to Deadline, Fraser is reportedly playing the supervillain Firefly, who is a man obsessed with setting things on fire, naturally. Uh, a little synopsis on the character Firefly. So his name is uh, Garfield Linz, and Firefly started as a petty criminal after his career as a movie pyrotechnic expert suddenly ended. Of course, with that particular set of skills, Linz decided to bring his expertise to the criminal underworld and started carrying out arson attacks throughout Gotham. Tom, I'm going to go to you first on this. Are you a fan of Brendan Fraser? Are you excited for this casting? And are you a fan of the character Firefly? Of course I'm a fan of Brendan Fraser. I have a soul. I have a heart. <laughs> he is a glorious man. I've loved him since George of the Jungle. 
Loved him in Scrubs. I loved him in Doom Patrol. I will continue loving him until the end of his days. Or mine, whichever comes first. Um, I did not see this coming. I'll be honest. This, this. I mean, like, I heard, I was hearing like reports and like whispers. Uh, but when it was actually announced, I was like, okay, okay. I wasn't expecting them to go for Firefly in the Batgirl movie. But you know what? I can dig it. I've. I mean, Firefly has shown up in a fair few comics that I've read, and I have always been interested in the character. The character's always usually a, an interesting one to have around. Plus, you know, all the fire. It's cool. It's a cool shtick. You know, it's, it's a cool shtick, let's be fair. Um, so, yeah, I'll be... I'm, I'm just... I'm very, very happy to see Brendan Fraser appearing in a, in a you know, Batgirl movie, big movie, even if it isn't this... This one is, is one of the HBO exclusives, though, isn't it? God damn it. But still, I'm very happy for him and just generally quite excited. I'm quite excited by this movie anyway, um, especially after DC fandom. It definitely got my hype up. And so just everything I hear about this film is making me more hyped for it. And Brendan Fraser is just the cherry on top of the cake. Um, so when's this coming out again? Do no we know? date yet. No date, no yet, date no. yet. God damn it. Give us a date because I, I kind of want this kind of want this movie now. So, uh, yeah, uh, Dave, what did you uh, think of this news then? Yeah, I thought it was quite interesting. I suppose a lot of people have been waiting for a casting announcement like this because there's been so much love for Brendan Fraser recently where he's... The Fraser songs. Yeah, he, you know, he's talked about where he's been, a lot of the troubles he's had and stuff throughout the last few years. And he is kind of like, a, a, a strange actor in that you know he's if you look at his career you know he, he didn't really have much of a career before the 90s and he wasn't one of those actors who was appearing like in a lot of stuff but he was in a lot of like big projects or projects that were just close to people's hearts in terms of nostalgia like tom said there about georgia the jungle etc so yeah he you know he's definitely somebody who's like stuck with people and he does seem like a genuinely nice guy so i'm glad for him in that sense I am a bit concerned because he said that he, you know, left acting for so long because he kind of messed his body up when he was doing a lot of like stunts and stuff for like a lot of these films, like with the mummy films, he kind of really messed up his back and everything. And I was like, um, I'm not sure if I'm comfortable with you doing superhero and action stuff then. Uh, you know, are you going to be okay? Like, please don't go doing anything that will injure yourself. Uh, but again, I, I can. I can see why they've cast him as it kind of made sense to me from, you know, my vague knowledge of the character. I think mainly I knew Firefly from the old The Batman cartoon series in which like they would sometimes have him like team up with like Dr. Freeze and it'd be like, you know, fire and ice and all this kind of stuff. So I've kind of been waiting, I suppose, for them to use that character. I'm not surprised that they put him in as a villain because Batman has taken all the... <laughs> All the other villains at this rate, there's not really, you know, much left to use. I mean, Firefly is, I'm fortunate to say, but he is like a B or even a C-list Batman yeah, villain. exactly. And would we even say the Batgirl has, like, her own villain? We'll have to watch not the... Really, I mean... <laughs> we'll have to watch the CW. Yeah, I mean, because she's obviously based in Gotham most of the time, mm. she naturally come across as Batman's villains. 
yeah time, so so i can see why they've done it in that sense as well that they're like oh well you know let's give you a, a villain or character that can sort of seem unique to her um which isn't like already gonna give people vibes of previous incarnations etc uh yeah i just hope that brendan fraser isn't going to be doing his own stunts and i think the age as well i've kind of always maybe imagined him as more of a, a younger character and if you know batgirl is obviously quite young so I'm interested whether they're going to go at this with a kind of like vulture vibe, like Michael Keaton in Spider-Man films, in which he's going to be like this sort of like more older, grizzled, kind of like grumpy guy, or whether they will play up that he's more of a, you know, young guy in like an older person's body, that he's maybe like an outcast, etc., and a bit of like a, you know, crazy person, like somebody like Joker, etc. So... Yeah, it'd be interesting to see. I can see why they've done it because, again, because of his popularity. Again, you know, too bad it's not on the big screen. Uh, so, yeah, I, you know, I, I look forward to seeing it. I think that he, I think he will do a good job. I think that, you know, from, I, I do still sometimes have, like, bad vibes from the mummy tomb of the dragon emperor i hated that film when it first came out we don't need to talk about that <laughs> just let it go it let happened it go. tom just breathe it happened breathe. it's one of those nostalgia <sighs> things in which people conveniently forget that film um <laughs> i try to so yeah i do sometimes get bad flashbacks to that uh but i'm not going to blame it on brendan fraser so yeah i think he'll do a good job as a villain it'd be something different for us to see because he was so used to being the leading man in a lot of those films um, and I think it definitely does, again, add more to the Batgirl film to level it up so that hopefully eventually they'll be like, yeah, let's put this on the big screen. Yeah, I'm with both of you guys. I think this is a really interesting casting. One I didn't see coming, but it also kind of makes sense at the same time, especially when it's still not confirmed, but Deadline are pretty, pretty, you know, you can rely on them. Uh, but saying that he's going to be Firefly, and I was like, oh, that's an interesting choice. And the way I picture how he's going to be utilized in this film is very maybe so similar how Roman Sionis was used in Birds of Prey. Like I think he's going to be more of a like you said, Dave, more of a grizzled older guy. Like, like oh, I've been good doing this for quite a long time, sort of thing. And it's maybe more he's taking a back seat, sort of say, more of like a, a gangster, you could say in a way. Um, but at the same time, he could lose his shit and start burning stuff all the time. So. But naturally, stuntmen, CGI, you can work all of that. And I can imagine Fraser won't have to do as many stunts as he used to do. Because, you know, with the stunt teams now, you, they could do wonders. So he, he doesn't need to do any of that. And in fact, like having watched um, the making of Black Widow on Disney+, Plus, the Assembled, like uh, do one hour documentary, when they were talking about stunt work, um, they always say they always ask the actors first, like, how many of the stunts do you want to do? And they say, if you don't want to do any, that's absolutely fine. So I think we don't have to worry on that front. I think he will will be given the option to do as many stunts as he wants to do, if none at all. Um, but yeah, no, but at the same time, I'm, like you said, Dave, I think this levels this up. Um, it's really interesting. I'm really more excited to see this film now, but just want more. I want a date. I want to know when this film's coming. And yes, yes. again, footage I, as well would be Yes, nice. well, they, they, is, they need yeah. to start shooting, so... Yeah. <laughs> can can they at least give a can they at least like in maybe a few months I'll give them a few months, but just give us a photo of you know Bakil in full costume. Just just oh, something. Oh, we'll get that. Just a little yeah. something. We'll, just, we'll just little Well we're definitely gonna get that at some point, yeah. Definitely. They said we're getting the red hair. Oh yeah. 
I can't wait to see that red hair. And and they and they're going for the cowl as well, not the domino mask. Mm. So yeah, can't wait to see that. Can't wait to see this film. It's about time she got her due on the screen, even though it's not going to be the big one. Um, right, Tom, what we got next then? Oh, we've got some exciting news. At least it's very exciting for me. So uh, there's a new Marvel game coming, and it's from an absolute titan in the gaming industry, Amy Henning, who is uh, famous for doing the Uncharted games, and veteran gamers will also recognize her from being the writer, director, producer of the Legacy of Kane series, one of the finest gaming series of all time. So uh, Skydance Media has announced that their gaming division, headed by uh, Amy Henning, will be working on a narrative-driven blockbuster action-adventure game set in the Marvel Universe. Announced in a statement on Skydance Media's website, Skydance, New Media, and Marvel Games have partnered to create a new AAA Marvel video game project. This project will have a completely original story and take on the Marvel Universe. Henning, who serves as president of Skydance New Media, said in a statement... I can't imagine a better partner than Marvel for our first game. The Marvel Universe epitomizes all the action, mystery, and thrills of the pulp adventure genre that I adore and lends itself perfectly to an interactive experience. It's an honor to be able to tell an original story with all that humanity, complexity, and humor that makes Marvel characters so enduring and to enable our players to embody these heroes that they love. Now, as I said, she's a titan in the gaming industry. The Uncharted Games, huge success the legacy of kane games also huge success she's done many other things as well now i know you guys aren't you know as big gamers as me no one here is big a gamer as me but are you excited by this news uh and the potential that it could bring because as i said she she knows her stuff um I, I wouldn't say i'm excited i'd say i'm intrigued by it um the reason i'm not excited is because they haven't really given us much to go on yet in terms of setting or characters or anything like that so that's why I can't really get too excited about because they might go, hey, we're going to do MODOK. And I'll be like, oh, all right then. Like, <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, I need to a bit more to get excited about. But I'm intrigued by the premise and the people involved in this. Like, I haven't played the Uncharted games, but I have played Jedi Fallen Order. And a lot of gamers have said that Fallen Order is very similar to Uncharted in the sense of the mechanics of the game, you know, like jumping up, exploring, you know, that indiana jones sort of tomb raider style of game like looking for artifacts and that sort of stuff and to to have a sort of game like that in the marvel universe that could be kind of cool and having thought about it when you mentioned tom on our group chat that the rumor that it could be daredevil i thought about it and i'm like you know what that would actually work really well i think because daredevil um apart from spider-man is one that's always jumping up around the rooftops of New York City, looking for clues. You know, he is in a way part detective at some times. Um, so yeah, I think it would work quite well for a Daredevil game. But um, apart from that, there's not much else to go on. But I'm intrigued. Yeah, you are right. There is what I will say about the Daredevil rumors is they are as it is at this point just speculation. But what I will say is, in my experience, gamers are incredible at just like finding this information like more so like you think movie leaks are bad gamers could they're scary man they are scary the things they can find out so when i hear something like this that it could be daredevil i if this was like you know a film thing i'd be taking it with a pinch of salt that we're getting a daredevil film but with this i am thinking 
this could definitely be a direction to go in. Obviously, it could be somewhere completely different. But Dave, what do you think? What characters actually would you like to see, possibly from this new game? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have to think on that one. Uh, on on the aspect of just like you know being excited about video games and all that kind of stuff, as you said, you know me and Jake are not as big a gamers as as yourself, um, and I wouldn't consider myself a gamer. But obviously, I think that most people who grew up, you know, or born in the nineties, etc., can consider themselves like from that generation of growing up with you know PlayStation and GameCube and all of that kind of stuff. So, I think I've always loved what video games can bring to pop culture there's not this kind of like rivalry or anything of like you know like you often get with books and stuff like that like oh the books are better than the films and etc you know there's not many well okay video games yeah people usually are like the video games are better than their adaptations but what i'm saying is you don't usually get people like saying like oh i don't like you know movies i prefer to like you know play my stories and everything like that they usually like correlate and overlap and all that kind of stuff so the success of the video game industry is a lot of the time like a good thing for just pop culture as a whole. You know, it, it shows that people are into these kind of like long form stories. They're into these like kind of like science fiction, fantasy stories, but also original storytelling like video games is like, I'm always just fascinated by like, you know, trailers and seeing these characters and stuff because it, it gives creative people like a chance to sort of create new worlds and new ways of telling stories and getting people to experience things. So like Jake, you know, when I do get a video game that makes me go, ooh, I want to pick that up, then it must be a significant one because, again, I, you know, I just don't have the time to like pick up, you know, your average like original video game. But if it's something like Fallen Order, then there's the investment of Star Wars there for me. And I'm like, oh, yay, I get to explore, you know, that that world. And I think the Star Wars has always lended itself really well to uh, video games. And, you know, Marvel has never sort of, captivated that i think you know i did play uh, quite a bit of like batman the arkham games uh not all of them not all the way through to be honest but you know what i did play um you know i i, I was impressed by and so i think dc is also like done very good in the video game world so again that's where marvel's kind of been behind so when i hear this then i keep thinking like oh is this their chance to kind of finally get into that that world because I feel that they want to do that you know they keep trying as Jake said it was kind of like a lukewarm reception with the the Avengers game and that one to me didn't seem like anything that like made me want to go like run and pick up that game uh, but if it was something that was more like a kind of full order uncharted Tomb Raider of like exploring stuff something a bit you know an original story of some form well even the the Spider-Man games Dave they were very successful that are recent yeah. ones yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's another good example of, you know, like uh, in the past, even like the Spider-Man games that were based off like the movies, like the Tobey Maguire ones, you know, they did, you know, a lot of people have a lot of fond memories of those, but they were still like doing like original parts of the games. It wasn't just a direct adaptation of those movies. So I think, yeah, there's loads of pol- possibilities in games. So, yeah, I don't know if they were going to do one. If I was going to choose a character. Who would I choose? I don't know. Maybe something, well, I think an, an interesting story, and this might just be again, because I saw that What If episode, but this is potentially like why it's like, oh, that's, you know, it, it's a cool villain and it's a cool setting, but maybe this would be where it'd be like the coolest is if you had something to do with Ultron. 
I think the aspect of when you've got all those robots and stuff, and that does make for some good action in the film and in the cartoon series, but that could make for some really cool stuff in a video game because a video game, you often have to have a lot of enemies that you can easily just take out, etc. So robots are like perfect for that. And so, the fact- oh, so as the villain, you mean? Yeah, so oh, like, right, okay. put like a Marvel you, ca- you were Ultron. Like, no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, so take that what if episode. You were, you've become the vision and you can see all of reality. <laughs> destroy and just, it. Yeah, just destroy everything. That's the video game's objective. Kind of like Candy Crush. You just see the worlds and you just point the thing. <laughs> when I rewatch that episode now, I'm just going to imagine him. He's seeing it as Candy Crush. Ah, yes, all these worlds. Marvel brings in like esteemed, you know, like prestigious video game studio to make a Candy Crush. Ultron Candy Crush. <laughs> but, um, Planet Crush. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I would imagine it would be something like, kind of like what the what if episode, if it's like, you know, Black Widow was there, like the only person, if you put like a character in there, which is like, they're, you know, on some Ultron world or they're in some reality in which it's just them. Because again, you don't want to have this all like, oh, it's all the Avengers and all this kind of stuff. So have kind of like Daredevil or something, some kind of like lesser known character some you know someone who's a bit more interesting which doesn't just you know shoot lightning or something like that something you need to use you know your your powers and your wits and yeah tom anything you want to add uh make game now please yeah no that, that's i mean like i i'm just like really happy like as dave said like marvel have been needing to kind of like re- like they have released games before but they've never really grabbed the gamer's attention in the way like the Arkham games did. Obviously, Spider-Man was a huge success. Guardians of the Galaxy is looking like it's going to be a big success as well. The fact that they've announced this news just after like all the glowing reviews of Guardians is coming out is just like reaffirming that Marvel are properly in the video game world now. And I, for one, couldn't be happier. Now, if Insomnia could just give some news on the Wolverine game, uh, I'm very eager for that. So, yes. That one, I'm excited for that one. I will give you that. I'm excited for that Wolverine game. Right, that's it. We're go- that's our three stories. So we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back with the main topic. You were all once captains under Jabba the Hutt. I'm here to make a proposal that's mutually beneficial. Why speak of conflict when cooperation can make us all rich? What prevents us all from killing you and taking what we want? If you had spoken such insolence to Java, he'd have fed you to his menagerie. Please, speak freely. Boba Fett. Boba Fett. (laughs) Surprise! Disney and Lucasfilm have dropped the first trailer for The Book of Boba Fett, the new live-action Star Wars TV show that's coming to Disney Plus December 29th, which continues the adventures of everyone's favorite bounty hunter, now-turned-new crime boss. So this is um, directed by Robert Rodriguez, as well as Jon Favreau, Bryce Dallas Howard, and Dave Filoni, all returning, returning from The Mandalorian Season 2, 
and it also has cinematography cinematographer Dean Cundy, who did Jurassic Park and The Thing. Uh, so, Tom, I'm going to go to you on this one first, because me and Dave, we've spoken ad nauseum about Star Wars, so I know very well where, uh, where he lies in this sort of uh, this project. But what about you? What did you think of the trailer? And are you a Boba guy? Are you a is that faction of Star Wars interesting to you? The bounty hunters, underworlds, that sort of area of Star Wars. Look, he's he's just a simple man just trying to make his way through the galaxy. So of co- of course I love him. And as for this this trailer, like, did it excite me, gentlemen? I had to change my trousers afterwards. It was fucking biblical it play it was amazing like as soon as i saw the trailer was out i was like I, well i was in work and i was kind of like can't watch this yet it's all right it's fine i'll watch it later and the whole time i was like need to watch it now need to watch it now finally got to watching it and it just blew my socks off i just love the, the look of it the vibe it feels kind of like mandalorian but also like its own thing and i definitely think it is going to stand out as its own thing um getting so much more fennec i love that because i love ming wen so i'm always happy to see her in anything um tamura morrison just looks fantastic as boba still just that one shot where he's just like crushing that guy's head just like that look in his eyes i was just like i am terrified right now and i love it so yeah i'm i'm a big boba fan i was very happy when he came back in mando season two because it was just so glorious and this looks like it's going to be equally as glorious and i'm very intrigued for like the sort of larger implications for the uh star wars universe going forward like what it means now that boba is the new crime boss of the underworld so yeah yeah i think that's my current thoughts on it i'll let you guys talk about it now because i need to change my trousers again after thinking about the trailer Yes. Uh, Dave, I'll go to you then. You know, we've on the, the Monday Lorians, we've been discussing the Mandalor- the Mandalorian and the Bad Batch. Boba Fett has popped up in numerous of our conversations in there and naturally uh, talking about this show. But now that we've got our first look of it, what do you think? Yeah, you know, I'm definitely really excited for this show. I think I didn't even need a trailer to be excited. I think what we saw at the end of Mando season two you know, was a great setup for that. The logo looked great. And what we had seen of Boba in that series kind of give us a, a big idea of what we get. In even the fact that like Boba changed his armor and everything within that, that he had his like nice new shiny armor. So it's not even like this show, which I don't think is like detriment to the show or anything. It just helps your excitement for it. But the fact that it's not like they can go like, oh, here's like his look for the new season or anything. And we can sort of like break that apart. And in some ways it's refreshing. So you're like, oh yeah, you can go in more confident knowing what you're going to get. You know, even like, again, with like Fennec, you know, it's not again like, oh, who's this lady? You know, like we know who Fennec is. Uh, we know who the Huts are. We know, you know, a lot of these locations like Tatooine, etc. So it's nice in that way to have a Star Wars project, which you can kind of go into feeling very confident and to me, when I was watching this, I was like, this is what I always imagined Star Wars television to be. You know, I think the Mandalorian did definitely have a lot of elements of what I expected. Um, but this is very much, you know, what people were first talking about when Lucasfilm was bought by Disney. You know, like, oh, we're going to get a Boba Fett film and a Yoda film, etc. And, you know, while some of that, 
I was you know a bit cautious about this seems like the better avenue to go down especially in our days of streaming and uh yeah seem you know I've often said with like Bad Batch and things like that I think the Star Wars does very much suit uh television uh because you can you know tell her in that serialized episodic way and I think that it is the most suited to those kind of movie characters that we want to see more about um not sure how it'll quite work with Kenobi but we'll see on that that's a different issue but I just hope it means then the films can sort of like stand alone and introduce their own characters and be their own thing so I'm glad that this trailer was able to just kind of be like yep this is what you expected Boba being a badass kind of get you know like incorporating himself into to this world and it's just kind of like the nerdy stuff that you kind of enjoy of being like oh we're going to we're getting to see Jabba's bedroom <laughs> like you know we're getting to see like a, a room at the top of his palace and, and all that kind of stuff it's just the fun things like that and the things that make me so excited as a Star Wars fan especially having a turbulent relationship with the franchise for the past few years like here again you know Jake knows I've ranted often about like one of the particular mando episodes i didn't like from season one but here i was like yes we got like twi'leks that look like twi'leks like you know that looked like you know what we had in lucas's films um so it's just that level of detail that they like they get it they understand it it seems like the world it seems like the world of boba in a way um and yeah you know personally i've always you know really loved the character I've had friends who've been like, oh, it's just some silent guy, you know, what's so cool about that? But that is Star Wars in a lot of ways, is these bucket heads, these silent characters imagining their stories and what they could be up to. And and while I was never like, oh, I want to know where Boba come from, what he was doing for Empire, I think that this is a good way of like filling in like who he is by just showing us like an element that we never thought about. You know, we always think about the before but what about the after? Not so much like, oh, he survived the solar pit and now he's after revenge. He wants to kill Han Solo or something stupid like that. You know, I like the idea that he's potentially there just being like, you know what? I'm really pissed off. I was put in this situation by that giant slug and I'm going to go take his throne. Uh, so, yeah, I think that it gave me a lot of what I expected, what I was anticipating. Interesting that I think this seems to like obviously take a lot from, you know, because Robert Rodriguez is still involved. So there's a lot of similarities in the episode he directed, which sort of reintroduced Boba. Uh, but also I'm getting like a lot of like Rogue One visual uh, reminders here as well. Maybe because of that big city kind of looks like Jeddah, etc. Uh, so that's quite interesting that they know that like that's a big fan favorite and they keep drawing from that. Um, and to get such an emphasis on like Tatooine and these like desert planets, etc. Uh, which kind of like fits Boba's vibe. Uh, so, yeah, and the fact that this meant to be, like, nine episodes, it's very exciting. I just wonder, you know, will this just be kind of, like, a self-contained, like, cool Boba crime underworld story, or is this going to have ramifications to be like, oh, you know, this is, like, hinting at what will happen in The Mandalorian Season 3, or, you know, Mandalore as a whole, or, you know, different cultures in Star Wars, or characters, etc., etc., so... That you know that'll be interesting to see, but either way, I'll be happy. You know, I've always loved the character. It's awesome to see him here. Uh, my only negative, I I would say, is just as a trailer. I don't think it was like, oh, that was an amazing trailer. I think my excitement, my enjoyment comes from the characters, the visuals, what we might get as an actual trailer itself. If you're just reviewing a trailer on its like 
technical merits or it's like anticipation and excitement. I don't think it was like an amazing actual trailer. It was just mainly them talking and showing what a badass he is. But again, Mando did those kind of trailers and that was for the better because you had so many surprises as you watched it. So I'm more than happy to have less visuals because we have things like then, like Mando, Ahsoka appearing. And it's not like we've already seen it and being like, oh, you know, like I wasn't sh- sure how it looked in the trailer and all that kind of stuff. So that's good as well. Nice, nice. Um, Yeah, for myself, Dave, you know how much Boba is my guy. Um, Like, for me, watching this trailer, very much I get the same feelings of watching The Mandalorian, where it just fills me with tremendous joy because, you know, not to be gatekeeping, but it's like my Star Wars, you know what I mean? This feels like the stuff that when I was a kid, I had my action figures and I was coming up with these stories. And... You know, I used I used lived in Gibraltar, so I was by the beach a lot, and I used to pretend the sand was Tatooine, and we'd reenact um, like the sail barge scene, and I was always want to be Boba Fett and stuff like that. So this just seems like it's just made for me personally, and obviously it's not. It's very personal to John Favreau and Robert Rodriguez, and of course Dave Filoni and everyone else involved. Um, but there's like these are my people, <laughs> like you know what I mean. Like <laughs> I feel as if they just get this character. Sh- what what this character needs to be but also try something different with this character and this is why i said today that this is exactly what i expected from this show uh, but in this trailer it also pulled me back with some of the unexpected things because i was going into it you know off the hype of the post credit scene of like oh yeah he's just killed boy fortuna he's gonna fucking kick ass and kill everyone he's gonna wreck shop do you know what i mean when actually he's like you know what i'm tired Um, why are we fighting when let's have a chat (laughs) do you know what i mean like when corporation cooperation can make us rich you know what i mean i'm like oh i didn't expect them to go this angle but i actually prefer this angle thank god they're in charge and not me Uh, so i'm so excited for this the visuals it does feel i interesting that you said that it feels standalone from the mandalorian tom because i actually feel as if this is like now the Mandoverse. Like it has a very distinct house style, you could say. And in a way, I would expect Mando season three and Ahsoka and any other live action series they do set in this world to have a similar aesthetic and house style, you could say. So I feel as if this is truly like a spin-off of the Mandalorian. It feels like it's part of that world. Like down to the way the costumes are done, the volume as well, it just looks fantastic. That technology keeps getting better and better. So, yeah, I, I'm so for this series and I love all the little elements about it. I can't wait to dive into who this character really is. I know there is a portion of Star Wars fans who are, you could say, tired of going back to old characters. I'm not one of those fans. I love going back to characters. I love going deeper into what their motivations are, what they think about themselves and especially how we've now been reintroduced to Boba Fett in Mando Season 2, where, yes, Dave, you made a point that he was just the silent badass, you know, who didn't say anything, and he just did a couple of cool things, and unfortunately, he went out like a bit of a chump, you know. Um, But the way he's been reintroduced now is a completely different take on the character, but still honoring what he was before. Do you know what I mean? Like, this is why I'm so intrigued with the Doom now. Now, with because we've had the prequels, we know that he was a clone. 
what does that mean for him? You know, we saw in Mando season two when Bo-Katan mentioned something about him being a clone. He didn't take too kind to that. He was a bit like, what did you say to me? So what does that mean for him being a clone in the, in the galaxy that they're in now? And yeah, like you said, Dave, about the, his uh, seeing Jabba's um, like bedroom, I'm also more excited to just see more of the palace because, you know, like George Lucas they, and the team, they did a fantastic job in 83, but they did the, with what they could. Do you know what I mean? I'm sure if they had the opportunity, they would have gone to like the downstairs bath spa and all of that sort of stuff. But I just can't wait to explore more of Jabba's palace and the opening of the, the trailer as well, with that little spider creature that you see in Jabba's palace, like behind 3PO and R2-D2 as they're walking in. It's little details like that. That's like, oh, we're just going to throw that in for the fans because we know they'll love that. But it's not a detriment as for like, oh, it's just fan service. Like, no, it's just a nice little detail to like tie it into that world. Just when you're seeing him put the helmet on and the fact you can see some like curtains in the background, you're like, oh, you know, there's like drapes in the Star Wars universe and stuff. And you're just like, are we just going to get a scene of like Boba getting ready for his day and stuff? You know, it's quite funny in that sense. And yeah, I think it's interesting what you said about like, what this could mean, you know, how it's going to impact the overall Star Wars story, um, you know, and, and where he is at the end of this. I suppose my question is, what if he doesn't survive? He's no good to me dead. dead. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can't kill him off just after we've got him back, Dave. <laughs> no. I mean, I, I I do think like like, well, like drawing on what Dave was saying earlier about whether this could be a sort of like standalone story or something, or maybe sort of continue on. Um, it, it, it's kind of making me think of like, I don't know if you guys like saw like when these like reports and rumors were going around, but apparently like the word on the vine is that like Mandalorian's definitely going to continue for like a few more seasons. But I think they said after like season three or season four, it would like sort of shift focus and continue under a different name. So I think we could be starting to see a bit of that from the other star wars series so even if i reckon this story is going to be very self-contained but obviously the effects of whatever happens at the end is going to echo throughout the star wars universe so you could easily have a season two you could have a, a spin-off of maybe some character that you'd like from like the book of boba fett or it could be more boba fett than maybe the show's under a different name but i am also thinking the magazine the of boba fett yeah the ma yeah or as dave said the world of boba fett <laughs> The manuscript of the scroll of Boba Fett. Yes, <laughs> the receipts of Boba Fett. Mm -hmm. um, but I also think, like, you know, the Mandalorians—they they, they want to take back Mandalore. Um, sure, would be handy if uh, you know they had uh, criminal underworlds that they could maybe go to for help. Well, M Mando and Boba are tight now. They are quite tight. Yeah. So. Oh, well, at the same time, though. Are they tight? Because it was very much like, you give me my armor and I will protect you, the child, you know? And it was, and he, he did what he set out to do because he's honorable. But maybe after that, he's like, you and me are done now. Like, we're even. I'm off. And Well, maybe that could be the thing because maybe Mando thinks they're tight. But then when he goes to meet them, like, Boba is just like, we made a deal. I honored that deal. We're done. And then you can just do it. Could be a whole thing about it. Anyway, we are just speculating no, I know. into the future. But also, now. like, but, you know. <laughs> I also find it hilarious how if you ask anyone, even somebody who's not really a Star Wars fan, but you go, oh, Boba Fett, what's that? He's, oh, he's that bounty hunter guy. You know, he is the bounty hunter. 
and they open the trailer with, I am not a bounty hunter. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Which I think is a really interesting aspect because from the get-go, you're like, oh, you know he's changed his ways from that line. Do you know what I mean? And I also love the the authorian that they, they've got the actual, like him speaking basic through the translator. Like, love that. Fucking love that. But it goes back to what I was saying before of like not just doing the like, oh, you know, it's... It, Again, I know like Solo has its fans and stuff and there's elements I enjoy of it, but it is very much a kind of like, oh, you know, like Nassim meeting Chewie and all this kind of stuff. If they kept doing that, if it's kind of like, you know, how did Yoda become Yoda and all this kind of stuff, it just is just kind of too much of what you expect and just very generic. And you get that a lot with like comic book stuff, as we were just saying with Morbius. So the aspect that, like you said, that you go with of just being like, oh, you're that bounty at this. Like, no, I'm no longer a bounty at this. Like it just flips it on his head and that's the best way to do this kind of stuff, I think. And so, you know, that's why we should put Captain Solo into the cargo hold and let Boba you know, <laughs> run free. Uh, so, yeah. And yeah, it's just, it looks fun. You know, I think it's, it's going to be a fun time in terms of Star Wars. And it'll be interesting because it is our first Soul project after, after the Mandalorian as well, in which this is, feels like forever yeah and i i like his sort of ethos that kind of like you know jabba ruled with fear you know i re- rule with respect you know like that again you're like oh what a refreshing aspect of star wars you know like it's just it almost seems like he's talking to the fandom you know for years between the prequels you know fans ruled with fear of like you can't like the prequels and all this kind of stuff and now like here's boba come along and being like i i work with respect you know if you like those films i respect you yeah, but uh, to to play on that line, what he says at the end as well, uh, you know, when Ming-Na Wen, like, if you said that to Jabba, you know, he'd feed you to his Menager or whatever. Menagerie. Menagerie, like one, mm. one, one of his other creatures apart from the Rancor, apparently. Um, well, he did have that big tentacly thing that tried to wrap around 3PO, so maybe yeah. that was it. Um, but, you know, Boba was like, you know, what did he say? Uh, speak freely, you know what I mean? But at the same time, I'm getting the vibe that he's like, you know, let's not fight. Let's all cooperate. Let's have a chat. Let's do like I'm changing my ways. And he's like, speak freely. But I still get the vibe like there's an extra beat in that scene of like, but beware. <laughs> you, It's like you, you, uh, there's consequences for what you say. Hmm. Uh, do you know what I mean? Yeah, so, I was totally getting that vibe as well. So I'm like, and he's like, look, I don't want to fight. But if I have to, I will fuck you up. <laughs> do you know what I mean? And we clearly see in that when you mentioned Tom, where he's you see him, he's like, his eyes are bulging out. He's, it looks like he's doing like the hacker again, like when we saw in Mando, and he's ah, he's gonna kick your ass. You don't he fuck might, with yeah. both. He might be like Star Wars, so Star Wars version of Daenerys. You know, she's just like I respect you. I you know I want the people to be free, but then the next minute she might be you know. Put some people Dracarys. up on some stakes, and you know, like Dracarys. she she did crucify a lot of people. Exactly. I don't so. know if Bo. I don't know if Boba's going to start crucifying people. I don't. I, I don't he, know. He might start to ride a crate dragon. You never know. Oh, don't don't tease me, David. <laughs> I have to that, change my trousers again. That's just his objective. He's just like I want a crate dragon. <laughs> no, 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 Dave. Because as we saw in all its glorious form. The slave one is still there. Ah, uh, yes. Oh, yeah. or should I say Boba Fett Starship? Mm-hmm. Uh, like, <laughs> uh, that's only when you're like selling to under 12s. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. 
Uh, right, so anything else we want to say about Book of Boba before we uh, head into our pull list? Tom, Dave? Just uh, let's move on as you wish. <laughs> <laughs> this deal's getting worse all the time. Mm-hmm. December can't come quick enough for me at this point. I know. It's not confirmed it has nine episodes, but it is uh, reported, so we'll see. That, that'll be a nice, juicy nine episodes, though. Oh, great way to start, like, 2022 as well with a, a bunch of Boba Fett episodes. Also, I just want to add that I think, you know, we focus so much on Tamir Morrison. I loved as well, like, seeing Ming-Na Wen's, like, enthusiasm on Twitter and stuff. It's so infectious, and it's, like, fantastic to see when she's putting, like, you know, about, like, pictures of hers, like, in her childhood like, as a Star Wars fan and stuff like that, saying, like, you know, oh, like, you know, as corny as it might be, but, like, you know, dreams come true kind of thing, like, oh, look where I am now, and it's just, it's just great to see because you get so many times in which an actor's just like, oh, yeah, I'm part of this dumb sci-fi show thing, whereas, you know, it's great now that we're starting to get actors and performers who are fans of this material um, themselves, and a lot of people are saying the same with Tamara Morrison of being, like, you know, this guy's been so good to the community and he's been such a great sport, uh, you know, for years, uh, that, you know, he, he deserves this. So I think that, you know, these two together as well is, you know, it's very interesting. Yeah. Right. Uh, right. So that's uh, that's the Book of Boba Fett trailer. That's going to be premiering on Disney Plus December 29th. So look out for that. So we're going to go into now our weekly pull list. Well, after X-Men hit at the box office, all the studios started buying up every comic property they could get their dirty little hands on. It's back, yo. Weekly poll list. And it's a it's a weird one this week. It's a slow week for Marvel, I gotta say. Um, they are releasing a couple of things, but it was only one thing that really grabbed my attention, and it is because it's linked into a larger event, which is the death of Doctor Strange. And this is the Avengers tie-in, the first issue of that. I would go a bit deep into it, but like the solicits for Marvel recently have actually already spoiled a lot of the plot. So I'm going to try and give you as little info as possible. But as you can tell by the name of the series, Doctor Strange is dead. There needs to be a new Sorcerer Supreme. What's going to happen? How are the Avengers tied into this? The the entire world is at stake, people. So uh, tune in and find out who will become the next Sorcerer Supreme. Um, and then hopping over to DC... Um, it, it's it's just it's a good week for them they've got human target issue one by tom king coming out uh with art by greg smallwood the uh, oh the art just looks so fantastic and the human target was when they initially were teasing this i thought they were doing like some justice league international reboot and then he just throws us through the loop by going no it's human target now very interesting character i mean he's He's basically what what he says. He's he's a human tiger. He's meant to be like the sort of decoy. Um, And this is basically a murder mystery. It's Tom King doing a murder mystery. So that's got to be good. As I said, you've got the old Justice League International there. You've got a really obscure character that Tom King can just go nuts with. And as I said, the art is just stellar. So human target issue one, be sure to pick that up. Another issue one and another highly anticipated one is Tom Taylor's uh, Dark Knights of Steel. So it's Tom Taylor doing an Elseworlds story. So you know it's going to be good. And in this one, it's basically, imagine DC Game of Thrones. And they're all like suited and booted like knights and they look fucking glorious. Like, again, the art just looks amazing. It is metal as fuck. 
I mean, Super Batman especially just looks fucking great. It's just it it's just looking like a very interesting series. Those variant covers as well, man. They look dope as fuck. Yeah, yeah. I'm definitely gonna have to try and track down one of the variant cover ones just because. Oh, it's just look. It, it's going to be a very good series, as I said. It's Tom Taylor doing an alternate universe story. It's like medieval. It, 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 I don't think I need to sell this anymore. It sells itself. So everyone, pick up Dark Knights of Steel issue one. Um, and then over at Milestone Comics, I'm bringing in Milestone because like I was quite chuffed with their panel at DC Fandom. So I am trying to like give Milestone a bit. Bit, you know, bit more time in my uh, weekly polls. Um, so I'm going to suggest Static Season 1. Issue 4 is out this week, but I'm going to suggest you just go ahead and pick up the whole thing because, you know, Static Shock's amazing. Um, it's just looking like a very interesting series. Milestone are doing some amazing stuff at the moment. Um, great characters, great artwork, great writers. And if you're a fan of character Static Shock, then you definitely want to be picking this up. So again, that's Static Season 1, Issue 4. And then over at Image Comics, um, I know we're a bit past Halloween now, but because we didn't have like a Halloween news show, uh, I'm just going to throw in a horror anthology series from Image Comics known as The Silver Coin. Um, it's got a collection of various writers on there. You've got Ram V on there, Joshua Williamson, some very dark dark stories in there and like i'm not usually into horror but the silver coin has has been grabbing my attention so i definitely recommend picking that up so taking it from the top over at marvel we've got death of doctor strange avengers issue one at dc we've got dark knights of steel issue one and human target issue one over at milestone we've got static season one issue four though i urge you to pick up the whole thing so far and at image comics we've got the silver coin issue six so, uh, guys, what do you think? Anything uh, grabby fancy? Anything you want to throw in? Uh, well, definitely getting Dark Knights of Steel and Human Target. Two of my favorite Toms, apart from you, Tom, oh. is uh, is Tom Taylor and Tom King, two of my favorite writers in comics at the minute. Both of them, I just think, are fantastic. Um, and, it's, and it just feels perfect for them. Like, Tom King doing a mystery story i'm like well that fits <laughs> and then tom taylor doing an alternative uh, an alternative universe take on the dc universe well that's fits because he just did that with deceased and that was amazing Do you know what i mean his zombie verse um so yeah i'm definitely going to be picking those up and dc with knights and swords and shields and shit come on man that's metal as fuck I, i'm so down for that um i haven't read any of the static season but hearing you talk about it and praise about it, I might um might get it when it's collected because I am interested in seeing what they're doing with Static Shock at the minute because with the announcement of the movie and that's moving forward and stuff like that, yeah, it would be good to get uh, more into Static Shock. So yeah, that, that's from me. Well, just Milestone Comics in, in general. general yeah. Icon. Out the and, stuff. Um, what's the other one? Um, uh, hardware. There we go. That's it, yeah. Hardware. Yeah, I sort of echo that. I, I was impressed by their panel at uh, Fandom as well. Um, and like I said, it's just a great chance to sort of see those characters and stories that are sort of less known or gone under the radar. So it's a great chance to celebrate those because, you know, we often just have like a lot of the same characters will pop up. Uh, that being said, you know, it's interesting how Doctor Strange has taken such a big role within like 
comics and movies and shows within the past few years. And I think we'll continue to see that now, obviously, that they're like, oh, you know, Multiverse Madness and uh, Far From Home is coming up. So I think we're going to get a lot of Doctor Strange and they're very much using him as a vehicle to cause chaos and bring about crazy mind-bending power stuff, which they can kind of excuse away with like, oh, it's magic. So yeah, I think it's interesting that he keeps coming to the center of like storylines and stuff. But as Marvel has done quite recently with a lot of their characters, they're sort of changing them up, changing Thor, etc., changing Spider-Man. So it'll be interesting to see the switch that happens there. Awesome. Uh, do we have a classic poll this week, Tom? Um, I've been trying to think about uh, a classic poll. Um, so I think seeing as we've got, you know, Tom Taylor doing an Elseworlds story, I thought, why don't I recommend an Elseworlds story? And I'm going to recommend Superman Red Sun because holy fuck is that good. It's just so good. I mean, like, you know, it's a, it's a pretty standard premise. What if Superman landed in Soviet Russia and became the Soviet Superman? And it's just, it's just amazing. So yeah, Superman Red Sun, definitely check that out. And there's Russian Batman in there as well. The Russian Batman. <laughs> yes. Because Batman owes us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but uh, who likes who likes bombs? <laughs> yes, I also have to say as well. I agree with Tom. Well, I would say with the Halloween thing as well. It's never too late for Halloween spooky stuff. Like it's it's such a shame that it's like over and then it's Christmas. The, night, the no, nightmare no. before Christmas is a perfect example for that. Yes, yeah. Bridge the two worlds. Bridge the two worlds. Right, right. Thank you all make, for make this Halloween week. a bank holiday. Oh, they should. They should. Yeah. So uh, that's the end of the show then. So we thank you all for listening to this episode. Appreciate people coming on board every week, listening to us discuss and geek out. But if you want to continue the conversation with us, Dave, where they can they, where can they do that? And what have you got up your sleeve? Uh, so you can catch me over on Twitter and on Letterboxd at David Osgar, O-S-G-A-R. Uh, you can see my thoughts and opinions on random stuff that's happening. You can join my uh, new initiative to stop Chris Pratt at any means possible. He is out of control. It must be stopped. Yeah, I think that... I know it, he's Garfield now. It, it, he's obviously reacted quite badly amazing. to people blaming the Thanos thing on him. So he's just decided to throw caution to the wind and, and make <laughs> us all suffer. Uh so yeah, join in that. You'll also get to see, you know, the the spooky stuff. You know, like still holding on to Halloween with uh, my uh, costume uh, as a man scientist, and also. Oh, that was a costume. <laughs> what? <laughs> what else would it have been? Just my daily just, wear. Thought it was just your daily wear. Um. You can also you get up to, Dave. You can also email me if uh, you want any video game ideas. I currently am in talks <laughs> to develop uh, Candy Crush Vision. Uh, <laughs> will destroy in uh, fun game for your mobile. Uh, hit me up if uh, <laughs> if you're interested. Yeah, any app developers out there, get in touch. We can yeah. make this work. <laughs> Tom, how about yourself? Well, you can mostly find me on Twitter with my uh, lovely handle at comic book shogun where I, I okay i'm still on my wire binge so a lot of what i'm posting is about the wire but i'm probably gonna also start spamming it with dune stuff because now i'm in dune mode 
but I will try and make time for more comics orientated things on there. And also, so if, if, if Dave is pushing stuff that I'm going to push stuff, people can email me as well. But my video game ideas or hell, if you know an artist who would like to help draw a comic, please let me know. Tom is taking over Arrakis now. Here's Arrakis. Yes. My dude. Yes. <laughs> He's gonna the desert takes up. the week. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, and you can also find me on Twitter joining Tom, just talking about June and keeping the June, cha- June train running. But also coming up, going to be talking about Eternals. That's going to be dropping. So catch me on Twitter at Sweaty Jake. And I'm also on Letterboxd at Jake Hart. And as for the show, you can find and follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Capes, Cows, Masks. And whether you use Anchor, Spotify, Apple or Google, subscribe to us on there. And if you're on Apple, leave us a rating and a review as it all helps us go up in the rankings. So thank you all for listening. We'll see you all next week for our Eternals spoiler review. Stay safe, everyone. Goodbye.